Welcome to Music Ed Talk. Today, I'm joined by Vera Kraus. Vera, can you tell listeners a little bit more about yourself? Sure. Thanks, Akim. My name is Vera Kraus, and I am currently a middle school chorus teacher in Henrico County in Richmond, Virginia. And I also direct the Greater Richmond Chorus, which is a Sweet Adeline's International Barbershop Acapella Chorus, a six-time regional champ, if I may say, you know, Um, I have a lot of hobbies that I indulge in. I uh, sing in a barbershop quartet as well. Our name is REVEL, which is an acronym for our first names, Rhonda, Elaine, Vera, and Lenny. And I am a Zumba instructor. So far, I've only taught uh, virtually. I became an instructor actually at the beginning of the pandemic last year. Uh, But it has been just a joy and a pleasure to connect with people in that way and really remain active during such a sedentary, you know, quarantine. So that's a little bit about who I am. How do you develop authentic connections within your own classroom? You know, I think authentic connections take time. And that's one of the things that we are often afraid that we don't have enough of as educators. Um, We never seem to have enough time to meet the needs uh, that are usually passed down to us, or that's what it feels like sometimes. And what I'm realizing is that really valuing the time that I get to listen and build a relationship with students allows me a much clearer path to guide them to success and what that looks like for them individually. Um, It's scary sometimes because I have to be a little bit vulnerable too. And I have talked about that with my students this past year um, was my first year as a middle school teacher. And we started with the pandemic, you know, we started virtually and we're an ensemble art form. So it was kind of like, you know, where do even, do we even begin? Luckily I had been doing this virtual chorus uh, sort of situation virtually with the greater Richmond chorus for a few months. And what I had learned was, You know, one of the reasons we love to make music together is because we feel connected. So what are some ways that I can start connecting with my students right away? And we focused on things that they would be interested in. And I asked them prompts um, so that I could respond to them and really start to learn about who they are and communicate with them individually and have that guide, you know, the collective journey that we took together. How do you think through the lens of music connections can be made and you have made throughout your experiences? I feel like that is just like the answer is that music is a way to um, really authentically and really on a level of almost spirituality connect with other people. I've recently been reading Brene Brown. And so if I can, I just actually was looking back over this section today And it was about resiliency. And it said that um, according to these people that are really living this wholehearted journey, a part of resiliency is is about spirituality. And so she defined spirituality, which I thought 
was really meaningful in this idea of how music connects different people. Spirituality is recognizing and celebrating that we are all inextricably connected to each other by a power greater than all of us, and that our connection to that power and to one another is grounded in love and compassion. Practicing spirituality brings a sense of perspective, meaning, and purpose to our lives. She talks about some of the ways in which we practice or experience spirituality, nature, community, and music. And so I think, again, taking the time to get to know the musicians, to let it be a side-by-side journey. I know that through music, I have learned so much about myself. And if I can help facilitate that for someone, it's a, a shared humanity and really get to create a, a moment that can really grow and help us do bigger and better things and hopefully pass on that love and joy and gratitude so that it grows in a world where, whew, can I tell you, we need some of that. <laughs> Besides time, what are other obstacles or barriers to these authentic connections? And how do you think music educators can overcome them? You know, I've realized that my own insecurities have at times been a, a barrier to overcome knowing um, that I feel insecure about certain things about myself and sometimes need to even call those things out. Certain situations where maybe I've been less than informed and performed in a way that was unbecoming, you know, owning up to those situations and to my own opportunities for learning and growth, that is a scary thing to do, especially when you feel like you have to hold a position of authority. And being a continual learner in front of an ensemble in which you are, you know, the director, I think showing that you are a continual learner really earns a lot of grace and respect. I am a performer who continues to learn by singing in a quartet. I am an avid learner, really, in general. I have really gotten into reading again, especially uh, during the pandemic, really gotten into learning in that way again, found some joy in it, which takes time, right? That I know we talked about what's, I would say time is the biggest barrier. And if you can get past saying, oh, you know, I don't have enough time for it and actually just do a little bit, a little bit. Um, it really starts to flower into behavior, right? That time that you spend on self on self growth really starts to come out in in behavior, which is kind of fun to see because it increases the thing that I want the most, which is to make authentic connections. If I learn more about who I am and can feed me, I'm much more able to understand those around me and help them get where they want to go. And that's exciting in music too. And how do you build these same connections between different members in your ensembles? That's a really good question. Recently, it was fun during the pandemic. We did a multitude of different things um, virtually to kind of keep the chorus engaged and involved. We did game nights and we did some nights where we would watch contests and um, we would kind of like trial score together. We started a book club 
Um, and that was really interesting to see the different people that were attracted to those different things. And I think rep- uh, realizing that members have other things in their lives that they value besides this one thing and giving them an opportunity to share in those spaces, it allows for a more human to human connection rather than always feeling director to singer. Um, and I think that breaking down that barrier, which can sometimes be a really safe place to stay, it can be really reassuring to just stay in my director bubble and people communicate with me in one particular way or format, or there's levels at which they can communicate with me. That's just not really my role. I want people to know me as a human and I want to know them as a human because I think we make better music that way. It's easier to share our story and really connect to those depths of emotion if they know that I kind of know what maybe their history is or what some of their experiences are, or that I, at least they know that I value them, even if I don't know them. Can you tell listeners a little bit more about the Greater Richmond Chorus and your experiences as the conductor of the ensemble? Sure. So I started, um, I actually joined Sweet Adelines International with the Greater Richmond Chorus back in October of 2011. I was a sophomore in college and I had been singing in barbershop quartets casually and through youth adjudications within the Barbershop Harmony Society. And a friend of mine said, hey, I know this young director. She just started with this group that's been around in Richmond. We should go check it out. So we went. It was about a little over an hour drive um, from campus to the rehearsal location. And the first night I was absolutely hooked. Um, We came in. Everybody was so friendly. It was a wonderful atmosphere. The level of music making was was competitive and intense. And I loved it. It really required people to know what they were doing. And we were making really great music together. So we drove back and said, we've got to keep coming. So we became members. And um, unfortunately, the director at the time was in a really bad car accident. And um, she had to step down from the chorus Fortunately, I was able to um, really kind of be taken under her wing. She really um, involved me a lot in the teaching process and was helping to to train me to be a really great director like she was. And so I was the most available person when the chorus said, hey, can you step up to do the job? And I said, sure, why not? It couldn't be that hard. Um, you know, I'm 22 and this is a 55 member chorus of strong-willed women, all that could be my mother or grandmother, like, whoo, but, um, you know, they helped me through a lot of really difficult situations in college because I took this barbershop route, you know, that wasn't really a popular decision among the music department, uh, for the most part. And so, They really supported me in ways that I had not foreseen needing it. And it was my pleasure to step in. Um, We were actually going to international that year. So my first year as director in 2014, um, we performed on the International Sweet Adelines International stage in Baltimore. And I remember one, one moment that was so special since it was close to 
Um, you know, where I grew up, my parents actually got to come to this huge contest and see me directing and they came to a rehearsal. And I remember up until that point, my mom had even kind of still questioned, you know, music education that just, it's not really stable. You're going to do this. And she saw me in a rehearsal and I turned around and looked at her and she just nodded her head and said, I get it now, you know? And so it was just one of those really uh, affirming moments. And the chorus has kind of seen me grow up, you know, now that it's been about seven years and we've been through a lot together this past year during the pandemic has been wild to say the least, but we are thriving. And a part of it is because we continue to adjust and stay connected to each other. And it's been really, really incredible to have that kind of group to grow with. And what are some closing insights you'd like to give to other music educators and listeners? I think it's really easy to get wrapped up in the things that we feel like we should do, in the competitiveness of what's going on. And sometimes I think it's most important to focus on the gratitude and the joy of what music does for us and what it can bring to the people around us. Even in our own self-practice, I have really worked on what does my inner voice tell me? Is my inner coach coaching me in a loving and compassionate way that's understanding of where I've come from? You know, that's how I would want to treat my students, you know, my middle school students and my adult students. And that starts with a self-practice. And that's really difficult because it's much easier to feel like we're giving it away than giving it to ourselves. But I think as an educator, making authentic connections is really about connecting with ourselves first, spending the time, know that it's important to take that time for yourself. And the musical product and outcomes will be reflective of that work. If any listeners out there wanted to learn more about how to create these authentic connections within their classrooms and ensembles, or about any of the other topics we discussed today, how best would they be able to reach out to you? You can find me on Facebook, Vera, V-E-R-A, Krause, C-R-O-U-S-E. And then my email is also going to be in the info. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, 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 oh.